Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Effective Meeting Starter Model, Part 2. Here we go. So let's go on and talk about actions you can take, some abbreviated even more than we talked about the first time, that will still make your meetings better than everybody else's. And as we've said before, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed manager is CEO. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's start with the start on time thing, because starting on time is so short to begin with that the abbreviated version must be, yeah, forget about it. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so remember I we talked before. I, I think I started by saying the agenda, pre-publishing the agenda was a hurdle for many people, right? I think I said that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so look, to heck with sending out an agenda. Seriously, I mean, I, I really not not seriously. We want you to send out agendas, but if you're going to use this stripped-down guidance, don't send out an agenda. Oh, I can't believe I just I I just I just had a little frisson of like, oh, I can't believe I said that. But look, if we have to take small steps. And we're moving in the right direction. Fine, let's take small steps. Let's, let's not stand still for days and argue, right? So, lots of managers we talk to haven't implemented lots of this guidance because you know they don't know how to create an agenda or they don't want to go through the process of thinking what I'm whatever. Okay, but that said, so many of us are not running our meetings well, and there are some things we can do. So, let's be clear about what we mean about starting on time. If your meeting is scheduled to start at 10 a.m. Be in the room at 10 a.m. and say to whomever is already there, okay, we're starting. That is all it takes to start a meeting on time. And I'm telling you, folks, it is probably the single greatest improvement you can make with virtually no preparation, no insight, no knowledge, no preparation. There's no hurdle to go over. You walk into the room at one minute till 10 or even better, five minutes till 10. Because if you're in the room five minutes before, people are going to realize he's probably not going to wait till 10 after to start that meeting. She's not going to wait to me from the way she used to do. If she walks in at two after 10, well, then we're all kind of okay if we walk in at five after. But if she walks in at five till... Uh oh, frankly, what most people wouldn't you agree, Mike? Most people would say, uh oh, big meeting coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what's funny is that just tells you how slovenly, I don't mean, folks, I'm not casting aspersions, but if you want to use an emotional word about the process of meeting, slovenly might be, you know, in there in the mix somewhere. (laughs) It's how slovenly, slovenly we all are about meetings that we've let this hugely important in terms of the amount of time we spend doing it process just decay to the point of really lowest common denominator stuff. So look, your directs are going to immediately notice when you start starting on time. They're going to immediately, after they miss the first meeting that you go and do this with, even if nobody's in the room, which we'll talk about in a second, they will immediately start thinking about being on time. And then they'll soon start being on time if you do this two or three or four times in a row. So again, be in the room one minute before, or if need be, walk in straight at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. straight up and say, okay, we're starting. The lowest standard you can meet is to be walking over the threshold of the meeting room at 10 a.m. and say to everybody as you're walking, we're starting. It's better to be in your chair, but you don't have to be. You could just be walking in. Now, related to that, okay, do this, start the meeting on time, even if nobody else is in the room. 
right? Didn't you say that? Do you, you asked me about that before, right? Yeah, yeah I did. It's, it's so, so important. Once we start asking for time on people's calendars, listen to this now. Once we start asking for time on people's calendars and we're holding folks accountable for their time and work, a meeting goes from not really existing, right? Because most people define a meeting as people getting together. And if nobody else is in the room with you, it's not really a meeting. But that's not true. When you put time on people's calendars and you're holding people accountable for the work that they do and the time they spend because that's what we pay them for. A meeting is is not a gr- gathering of people. It's a measurable business process. That is an hour that is unavailable for other things. You're essentially blocking other things being done during that hour. Somebody else might have asked for time and your direct said, no, I can't because I'm in a meeting then, right? And it's interesting. They say that I'm in a meeting then, but in fact, then they're not in the meeting when they show up 15 minutes late. A meeting is not just more than one person in a room if you've actually scheduled it. By the way, I actually heard a manager once say, it's not a meeting if I'm the only one in the room. And I frankly was like, oh, yeah, it is. It's on everybody's calendar. But right, I was sort of like, I couldn't believe it. We've seen it happen a lot that when you're in a meeting room and you say, okay, we're starting, folks with an earshot then rush to the room. And suddenly when there was no one in the room at 10 o'clock, at 10.02, there's eight out of 10 in the room. And then they tell other people as they pick up their stuff from their cube and start moving toward the, the, the conference room, hey, wow, the meeting's starting. And yeah, the people are going to be a little bit irritated. And if your goal in life is to not ever have your people irritated, because in fact, you're not irritating them, you're just starting the meeting on time and they're getting irritated all by themselves. If your goal is to not have your people ever irritated, you're not going to be very effective. We don't want you to go around irritating people all the time. You don't want to be Sergeant Pepper, go irritate. But- Nevertheless, hey, the meeting's starting. It's because the boss is in the room and said, hey, we're starting. Another point related, it's not critical because I've already mentioned you can walk in at the right moment and say we're starting. It does help to be early. If you're there one or two or five minutes before the start time, others are going to start to realize you're serious, just like I said earlier. Okay. Our third point is a point that um, we're including here because we know we're trying to make simpler this effort. And there are people who don't adopt professional meeting standards because it'll be hard or people will be frustrated or people will be disagree and say, I don't want to do it that way. I want to stay slovenly. They might not say that out loud, but there's a thought in their head. There's something like that, right? And, and so we want you to ignore the naysayers, okay? There are going to be people who grumble. You can just ignore them with one of my favorite phrases in the whole world, which is when they push back, you say, yes, well, and you acknowledge that they said something, but you ignore it, right? Or look, you can address their specific concerns. It's okay to address their specific concerns. Don't try to include all of their concerns in your effort to become more professional. Unfortunately, all relationships, all margins and all processes decay. The nature of all things is to decay. And when things decay and it makes things easier for people, they're going to fight you being the anti-decay person and saying, no, we need to professionalize this. We need to step it up. We need to do it right. So on. Um, so every year when you get a new process or a new process or process changes in your organization, don't grumble about it. It's somebody looking at the process and realizing things have changed we're OBE or something's different and we need to step it back up because all of us as human beings naturally let things slide. It's not bad. It just is. 
So you can address their concerns, but it doesn't really matter. The talk that you give them, the answers that you give them to their questions are much less important than your action of starting on time. I mean, seriously, how long are we willing to listen to or debate with somebody who complains that your meetings start on time? Well, why are we starting on time? Well, I don't know. You know, next thing you know, they're going to complain that, well, uh, I don't like the fact that our customers are served well or we deliver products on time or we honor our commitments, right? I know it sounds like high D for some of you, but there's nothing wrong with looking at your team and saying, we're going to do it this way because I think we should do it this way. It's a better way to do it. So what, what if somebody says, I have other meetings that go right to the top of the hour. And look, it's easy. Remember, they're assuming that because you're starting on time, there is pain associated with them being late, okay? Pain that you're going to deliver to them, that you're going to give them negative feedback or they're going to be embarrassed or whatever. Well, actually, they might be embarrassed, but you're not the one that's embarrassing them. We don't, we tell, we recommend in an earlier cast, we don't embarrass people who are late. They just come in late, right? So look, what you would say to that is, okay, well, you can choose to leave that other meeting early or you can be late to this one, but we're not going to wait on you. Now, notice there's nothing in there that says you're going to be in trouble. We're going to punish you. You're going to be a bad person. I'm going to note it and I'm going to get rid of you later because of it. It just says, hey, if you don't want to leave that other meeting early, that's okay. If it's not done, that's okay. Fine. Then you're going to be late to this one. It's a choice you have to make. Now, if they want to draw an inference from what we just said that it probably doesn't look good for them to be late to the meeting, well, okay, that's their inference. And it's not an implication. You're just stating factually that you can choose to leave that other meeting early or you can be late to this one. They'll figure it out and leave it at that. Don't argue with what's in their head. The next thing people often ask is what? Is this some new standard? Are we doing it better? Or is this, is this the way we're going to do it going forward? And the answer is, yeah, we're going to start starting on time. How about the one where uh, folks uh, go, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but somebody said to me once, well, if you're late by 10 minutes, does that mean that we're going to start in time? And since you're not there, we can't start in time. Therefore, the meeting is canceled. Yeah, it depends kind of on how you run your meetings. But the answer is, you, you could say, yeah, if you like. Look, if I'm 10 minutes late, I'll apologize for being late. And I'll probably reschedule the meeting. And frankly, if I'm the one that's setting the new standard of being on time, it's more likely I'll send a message apologizing in advance that I'm going to be late and ask everyone to accept the 15-minute later start time. Or ask somebody else to start the meeting for me and I'll come in late and apologize and come in and sit down quietly and we'll pick up. And if I send a meeting note saying we're going to start 15 minutes late, I apologize, I was caught in traffic or whatever, we'll start then on time at 1015 rather than at 10 o'clock. Right. So we often say this is not uh, pain-free manager tools or risk-free manager right, tools, right. right? It's manager tools. And if you're going to start some new behaviors, you have some responsibilities, some obligations. And if you say the meeting's going to start at 10 a.m., then you need to do something or start the thing at 10 a.m. or have somebody there. But look, if you, yeah. if you set this new standard and then you don't stick to it, all bets are yeah. off. Feel free to take out a, a sharp pen and poke yourself in the leg or something a couple of times a day just to remind yourself that self-immolation is not not terribly helpful as a professional, as a leader, as a manager. If you can't make it at 10 a.m., there are all sorts of things you can do. You can get a, you can reschedule it. You can send out a note. Yeah. You can have somebody start for you. So don't let the fear that you often run late because you're required to be in some kind of other meeting with your boss and you can't get out of there. Don't let that be an excuse to not start this meeting behavior. 
And yet, you and I both agree, you mentioned being in a meeting with your boss, right? Which is analogous somewhat to the person who says, well, I'm in a meeting from 9 to 10, and so I can't get to your meeting on time, boss. Wouldn't it be okay? What's your thinking? You're a VP, and you're in a meeting with the SVP, and you look down and realize you're three minutes away from the start of your 10 o'clock, and the SVP is maybe 10, 15 minutes away from being done. Isn't it okay to say, I'm sorry, you know, no offense, boss, but I got to go. I got a meeting in three minutes. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And and 90% of the time, it'd be perfectly fine for the VP to leave. And the senior VP will have no problem with it. And if the senior VP has a problem, believe me, he or she will say it. He'll say, no, you got to stay, right? And then what do you do? You send a quick note. You send a note to somebody on the team. Please let everyone know I'm going to be late. My apologies. In the same way that if someone is late to your meeting, right, they just need to send a note, right? If somebody says to you, what if I know I'm going to be late and I just can't make it? Then you just say, hey, look, just send me a note letting me know that you're going to be late. I know stuff comes up and it's safe to say that we're going to start without you. And the fact that you sent me a note is a class move and I'm not going to punish you. Now, if every week you send me a note saying you're going to be late, that's a different issue. But I don't mind you being late every once in a while and being kind and professional and send me a note saying I'm going to be a couple minutes late. One more thing relating to, to things to do to be more effective is to, I mentioned it already, assign a facilitator for when you're late. This is probably more advanced than we need to be because we talked about facilitators number 10 and it's not one of our four today. But have somebody else ready to start the meeting in the event of your absence and then have them start. Maybe it'll be a little bit messy in the first five minutes, but they'll make some headway before you get there. Now, look, there are people who ask us all the time, why are people late? And one easy flippant answer is, well, actually, they're not late because you haven't started on time and they know you're not going to start on time. So they start filtering in when they right before they think you're going to start. Right. People don't think they're late if they walk in at 10.04 in the morning and the meeting hasn't started. Right. How can I be late to something that hasn't started? Because they're in their mind. A meeting is a group of people rather than a commitment, a professional commitment of your time that you're essentially getting an ROI. You're giving the organization an ROI by val- making that hour you're being paid for valuable. Right. They define being on time to a meeting as being there when the meeting starts. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to as opposed to being professional and being there when the meeting is supposed to start. Exactly. And, and look, we know we're a bit iconoclastic here. I often tell executives, I just told one yesterday when you get interrupted, you're the one that causes the interruption. Somebody else who stands by you and says, do you have a moment? You can look at them quickly and say no and look right back at your work and ignore them. It's not that rude, believe it or not, right. if your head is down and you're working at your desk. When you look up and say yes to someone who's standing in your doorway, you're interrupting what you're doing on by the, doing. By the same token, you can be late to something that hasn't started if we think of ma- meetings as an obligation, a professional obligation being on time. I got to be honest here, um, and I'm sorry because <laughs> I hate to disappoint people, but I make calculations in my mind all the time about where I need to be and when I need to be. And certainly in my corporate career, less so now, but in my corporate career, I was often requested to be in several meetings at the same time. And you always make a choice which one you're going to go to. So if I know a meeting never starts until 15 minutes late, then look, at, I'm sorry, and it's probably less than professional. But I'd show up basically when I know the meeting's going to start, and I'm not going to waste yeah. 15 minutes. I make calculations like that all the time. And the, the the gal who starts their meetings on time every single time, guess what? Those are the ones I'm on time on, right? So yeah. it, it may be unprofessional, but I'm human and I make those calculations. Yeah. 
yeah, and we recognize this is not this is not perfect manager tools. This is not manager for perfect direct tools. This is manager tools. So yeah, exactly right. And that's just exactly what happened with my friend um, who moved his meeting back to nine thirty. Right. So starting on time increases the chances that people will be there. You know. Look, people are late. They say there's no penalty for being late, right? It's, I'm not late because no, lateness is a bad thing. And apparently I'm, it's not bad because no one ever, there's no penalty for it. And actually there's lots of benefits to being late, right? Per your point, right? No sense in sitting around for 15 minutes. Attendees to meetings, the professional world over have done the professional and personal calculus, just like you say, and determined it makes more sense to be late. There's no penalty. There's pleasure in being late in terms of, and, and that you can be effective doing something else. And frankly, there are those who think that showing up late not only suggests you're important, but showing up early suggests you're completely unimportant and you have nothing else to do. And look, we know all those things. And those are all reasons and rationalizations and so on. And it doesn't matter why people are late. The starting point is getting people, to, you know, starting your meeting on time, and that will change people's behaviors. Yeah, it's going from perspective that the issue with folks being late is their issue. And whether it's accurate or not, yeah. a more useful perspective would be it is the meeting facilitator's issue. Yes. Right? And exactly. don't cede control to the people being late. Start the meeting on time. Yeah. And guess what? People will start being on time. It's the way it works. Yes. So next. Oh, this is one of my favorites. I feel badly about this one. I, I feel that we did by starting with pre-publishing agenda. I think the bridge was too, there was the mountain was too high for some people and agendas inherently have a burden of, I don't like doing them. And I've been to a billion meetings and never, but in two have there ever been an agenda. So you have a recommendation of just, you said a rough equal agenda. I assume meaning take the amount of time you have in the meeting. You have four agenda topics. You have an hour, each one's 15 minutes. That's what you mean by like, rough equal agenda, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, agendas are hard to create, right? And, and I've had managers say, Mark, you need to help me craft my agenda. And we ended up with four points and 15 minutes each, right? I mean, it's, it's people don't know, should I give this 10 minutes or this 15 minutes? And of course, our, our thought is, yeah, you do it three or four times. If you don't know now, but you know, you're supposed to, you do it three or four times, you mess it up, but you mess it up stepping forward, right? You, you want to fall forward. You want to, you know, in military analogy, you, you want to make mistakes while you're moving toward the enemy, right? The way to really address that for future meetings, get in the habit of learning what works and what doesn't work. There's not a book somewhere. You practice at it and you get better. But making it easier. So for whatever is on your list of topics, as you say, divide them up equally over the time you've got for the meeting. If you've got four topics and you want to cover and your meeting is an hour, give them each 15 minutes. Now, okay, we know that leaves no time for a parking lot or for admin at the beginning. We know that. And those of you who listened to the earlier cast or listened to our earlier guidance here, you might be thinking, eh, that kind of messes things up. But look, we're, we're looking for a rough way to get started. This is starter, the starter model. So just divide up your four topics into 15 minutes each, okay? The point here, you don't have to sit down and create the agenda in advance, and you don't have to think about it, and you don't have to announce it. In other words, we're not putting a burden on you before the meeting starts. You just say, hey, we're starting, and this is our agenda when you start the meeting. So it sounds like this. Okay, everybody, we're starting. It's 10 o'clock. We're starting. We've got four points. Here's the agenda. From 10 to 15, 10 to 10, 15, we're going to talk about A. From 10, 15 to 10, 30, we're going to talk about B. 10, 30 to 10, 45, we're going to talk about C. And 10, 45 to the end, we're going to talk about D. Simple as that. You then run the meeting with that agenda in mind. 
When your first 15 minutes are up, using this example, you close out that agenda item. Now, look, it could be you're done. It could be not, right? But frankly, even if you're not, that doesn't mean you ran a bad meeting because, frankly, that's happened a thousand times to you already, right? If you're not done, you'll be amazed at how often people will attempt to become done when you announce we've got to go on to topic number two or topic B. As a general rule, you don't go over except in a case where you really believe one or two or three more minutes will finally get you where you need to be. Look, if it's just a briefing, if somebody's just updating you on something, it's not an uh, you know action items being delivered, it's not uh, a decision being made or something like that, um, you can probably wrap it up pretty quickly. If you're not the one briefing, just tell the other person, hey, time's up. And frankly, if they're not done, they'll learn over time. When you give them 15 minutes, they dang well better be done in 15 minutes. That will happen gradually. And those two or three or four meetings may be a little bit uncomfortable. And yet after that, you'll be in the land of milk and honey. If it's a decision or there's planning being done, you use our next tip, which is about fixing responsibilities to make sure you capture what's going on and who's going to do what. Again, maybe the first few times you cut somebody off who's talking, they're going to want to have some time at the end of the meeting. But again, after a couple of sessions, they'll learn it doesn't pay to go long and you've basically got the agenda worked out and you fix responsibilities at the end of each and go, okay, it's 10, 15. We got to move on to the next topic. I know we didn't get it done and we need to learn how to get things done. We may get 80% done on all four of our points, but we're going to get through all four of our points rather than only get through the first two the way we've done so many times. Right. And then you and others participants in the meeting will get better at deciding the collaboration that happens when the agenda is putting together will get better because we, we have a exactly. habit of not being able to get through four items. So let's cut it down to three. And what are the most important three things we need to talk about during this meeting? Right. Yep. That's how you get better. Fail going forward. Yep. Good. Fail going forward. Good. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned fixing responsibilities. This is my favorite. <laughs> oh, good. It's both of our favorites. Good. Yeah. I just love this one just because it makes meetings not a sit around and blah, blah, blah. Right. It's like, okay, work's going to get done, folks. <laughs> Time to sign up. Right. So basically what happens, what we're recommending here is when you finish an agenda item, okay, again, not prepared, not pre-published an agenda, just the one you came up with right at the start of the meeting, you need to be sure that the right things are captured or decided upon before you move on to the next item. You've been in meetings, you know, you've been in meetings where you move from A to B and you know, there's stuff that needs to be tidied up, cleaned up, assigned, delegated, delivered, whatever out of A. And it just sort of I don't know. It's just like it expires. It doesn't really <laughs> expires no, like bad it's just milk. Just kind of right. So look, you need to close out each agenda item, you know. And if you don't do this, you're kind of sending a message of, "Oh, we'll just continue to talk about this next week," and everybody can avoid deliverables and avoid actions and avoid responsibilities. Holy Toledo! If you if you had a meeting clock in the room, which would you'd put everybody's salaries in per hour, and then you'd figure out how much you were spending every minute in the meeting, you'd be like, oh, "I'm not doing any more meetings. I want this done now." Right? So, how do you fix responsibilities? It's simple. You say out loud, "Okay, let's wrap up this item. Let's wrap up A before we go to B." Who's responsible for doing what by when? And then you review the item. If it's just a briefing, you can say, hey, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Are there any deliverables that came out of this? Bob, you're not done, so we need five more minutes at the end of today. Or send us a note with your key points by the end of the day today. Okay? And by the way, when you do that, when you assign a deliverable, you want to make sure that you say it in a way that causes the other person to say yes out loud. And so that means saying, okay, Bob, so you're going to send us a note with your key points by the end of the day. 
right, Bob? And Bob's going to say yes. And then there's no question that Bob's going to say, gee, I'm not sure that I, you know, I I didn't remember exactly. I was thinking about the next point. And so I, I didn't realize I was supposed to send out the note. And you look at like somebody else is in the room with you at the time that he tells you that next day. And you're like, no, that was really clear, right? No, you make it clear by actually saying you're going to do that, Bob, right? And I promise you, the first few times you ask that of people, when you're fixing a deliverable, you know what they're going to say? Huh? What? What did you? What do you want me? You want me to send out? Oh, okay. I've got it. And then everybody knows we spent 15 seconds on that. There's no doubt in anybody's mind, least of all Bob's. Hey, I'm supposed to do X by a certain time. If the agenda item was designed to deliver a decision, make one or ask for input. Okay, we're done, guys. Quick input from everybody before I make a decision. If you don't want to, at that moment, make your decision an action item. Say, okay, I'm on the hook to decide are we using A or B vendor? I have to have that done by Friday, 10 a.m. I'll send a mail to everybody and we can reach out to both and start planning with the one we choose. Done. And of course, hopefully notes are being taken, but that's not in the starter model. So you don't have to do that if you don't want. The key here is assign the work and make sure the person to whom you're assigning the work verbally agrees to the work they're on the hook for. Again, there's a big difference between saying Bob's going to do X and asking Bob, okay, Bob, you're going to do X by Tuesday noon, right? You've got to get verbal assent. We can't tell you. you. I know you know this, right? You can't tell you how many meetings we've been in where it was mostly clear that one person was responsible for something. But as we watched, it sure seemed like that one person was laying low. And you know, he's like, that guy's getting it. He, he, is, he is just being real quiet and he's messing with his papers and he's trying to avoid the boss saying, okay, Bob, you're going to do that, right? And then he's then if, he, if you don't pin it to him, he says, oh, it was assigned to me. I... I don't remember it. I, 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 uh. <laughs> right. They knew they were using the lack of crispness that we didn't facilitate at the end of that meeting to avoid having that deliverable or to get more time for it. Yeah. And if you're the meeting facilitator, it's your job to stop that. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that this is the way to do it saying, okay, Bob, you're going to do X, you know, what are you going to do by when, or you're going to do X by this date, right? Yeah. Close it out. Each agenda item by fixing responsibilities. Excellent. And then our last point, finish on time. We talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the cast and made some fun about it, but this is probably the most fun thing to do and certainly the easiest, right? Yeah. And it's kind of surprising for people. It's, 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 um, finishing a meeting is easier to do than starting on time because you're already there, right? To finish a meeting on time, all you have to do is stand up and say, okay, time's up. We're done. Now, look, it would certainly be pleasant and professional for you to say, two minutes beforehand, hey, we're ending in two minutes to somebody who's speaking. And we're not saying that you standing up and saying, okay, time's up, we're done. We're not saying that isn't a little bit abrupt. It is a little bit abrupt. The first time or two you do it until everyone figures out that you really intend to start on time and finish on time and have rough agendas and fix responsibilities. And they will say, oh, okay, we're done. And by the way, that will greatly increase the chances in the last five minutes of the meeting when they know you're not going to allow the meeting to run over. They're going to get their stuff in. They're going to agree to things. They're going to ask for things and things are going to rush to an ending. And look, again, we're not suggesting that you need to make the last five minutes incredibly valuable in terms of fixing tons of responsibilities. I, we want you to do that, but that is separate behavior. If you don't do that, that doesn't eliminate your obligation to end the meeting on time. When 11 o'clock comes for that 10 to 11 meeting, regardless of what you're doing, 
regardless of what's being discussed, you stand up and say, okay, time's up, we're done. Again, the first time might surprise people, but it will absolutely, in addition to that, create different behaviors going forward, which is the whole point. Yeah, piece of cake. Yeah, again, a meeting is not designed to get five things done. And if we don't have those five things done, the meeting continues. A meeting is a set time for certain people to get certain things done. And if those things don't get done, you can say the set time is up. Now, if somebody says, we can we can finish this next point in two more minutes, say, fine, the meeting's over. Let's have the two people that need to do that talk right now. And then let everybody else go. And that's it, right? I mean, that's, that's it. And I know this is a long cast and I apologize for that, but gosh, we go to so many meetings. We went, and of course we went through the original guidance and then we just, we hammered the points about how easy it is to start on time. You don't need an agenda because the next point is you can announce a rough equal agenda and learn from that, by the way, what works and what doesn't work in terms of how much time various things take. You can fix responsibilities and then you can finish on time. Look, you're going to spend a lot of time in meetings, like it or not. Maybe you can't control other people's meetings, which is what we get questions about all the time. And folks, let it go. If you're not running the meeting, if it's going to be inefficient, it's going to be inefficient. Control the things you can control. The control of other people is an illusion, right? But you can make yours work, and it's not that hard. If you can't do all of the things we originally recommended, do these four. And it's only four. And if you want, just pick one to start and make your meetings the ones that folks want to come to and know are going to be crisp. And look, if one or two or three or four of these things is too hard for you as a manager, think about getting out of management or stop complaining about how bad meetings are because no offense, you're part of the problem. Yeah. And this is something that's doable. And that's why we did it to make it as easy as possible. Good. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you all again next week. Have a great one.